yeah. when you cut this thing and you sent it to set, did you, were you scared? Did this movie yeah. scare you or did you think about it so differently? You couldn't kind of see that audience look at it. What it wow. No, no, no. It scared me, man. It scared me. It scared good. me. Like I, okay, and that's what I tell people. That's awesome. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the scary movie project, the podcast where we talk about, it's scary movies mostly, you know, it's good, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, I'm your host, Matt, and today is probably maybe my favorite episode we're going to do on this entire show. My favorite former co-host, Tara, is back for this as well. And hey, peeps. One of my favorite films of all time um, is The Blair Witch Project, and we're going to talk about that today, but not just between us, because Ed Sanchez, the one of the directors of the film, is with us today. Ed, thank you very, very much for being here. This is, like I said, one of my favorite films of all time. I think Tara's a big fan. Um, I am really glad you were here to talk about this with us. Um, say hello to everyone. I don't want to step on you and then let everyone know what you're doing out there. So say hi. Hey, uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, you know, I'm uh, happy to chat about Blair Witch at any time. So yes. let's do it. Let's do it. The, the, so the one thing that's kind of amazing to me is it's almost... 25 years old now at this point right july mm -hmm. of 1999 that's kind of insane <laughs> um yes you know I, I i was lucky i saw it in the theater we're gonna get into that stuff um but terry you want to go old, old school and we'll do a, one of these recaps on the film like we used to do back in the day oh, here? sure i got i got a short one though because okay i think i think if you're at this podcast you yeah. probably know what right. happened in the blair witch project <laughs> right um so we all know the story Three film students head into the woods outside Burkittsville to film Burkittsville, Maryland, excuse me, right. to film a documentary on the infamous Blair Witch. On their way to the sites associated with the legend, they get lost in the woods and disappear, leaving only their tapes behind. And as we watch the trio become more and more lost, the woods take on an eerie aspect, tensions rise, and strange things occur. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love strange <laughs> things, especially when they occur. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So what, July, this was released in July, what, July 57, I can't remember, July of 99, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I had heard Buzz for quite a while. So this is one of these first on internet things, right? So um, I went to see it opening night. A bunch of my friends wanted to go. I'd seen the ads, I'd seen the commercials for it. And we went to go see it and it was packed. There were a lot of people. And no one was really sure what we were going to get out of it because there wasn't too much information. I mean, you couldn't really go on social media back then you couldn't find out a lot about it but it started off kind of there were some lighthearted moments right there were some kind of funny moments in the beginning mm -hmm. where things were happening you know i love the scene where the mother is being interviewed and the baby keeps trying to cover her mouth and stuff it's sort of like omens almost of weird things that are going to happen yeah yeah and, and spooky stuff and as time goes on and they start camping things get not so funny anymore and things kind of mm -hmm. get pretty scary and I mean, we can go over everything, but for me, it, it just the, the tide slowly turned. And I remember someone had brought their little kid with them, and I realized that was the worst decision you ever made, probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. By the end of that movie, I I was silent. I, I I had nothing to say. I like couldn't move. I remember driving home, and I had nothing to say. I was scared out of my mind. And because again, I went to see this thing thinking this was this was true. I did not know. The, the whole thing with this, you guys pulled it off perfectly. I don't think I slept that night. I think I was up all night loving this film <laughs> because I just don't get scared anymore. And I don't know that anything has scared me in a film since then, since I saw this. And it, it has just been one of my favorite. I, I love it. I, I, I think it's genius. I think everything about it is perfect. Um, I think Tara's story is different, though, right? My story is so different. Um, so I she was... hated it. <laughs> no, I did not hate it, but I didn't have like that opening night. Like, so I, I did not get to have that experience. My husband, my husband and I, he was, you know, my boyfriend at the time. Um, I was finishing out my senior year of college and we discovered this. Um, I can't remember exactly how, but we were, we heard about it and we were looking at the website together. Like it became this whole thing for the two of us. We, lo we looked at the website and we kept going back and checking it to see updates and we watched the little um we watched the documentary the that you guys made so to, good. for it i love it and you know we were like is this real oh my god is this real 
And then I was, I was, it was like, right as I was getting ready to come back home to Maryland, because I was in school in Florida, and that's where I met my husband. And um, we were going to wait until he came up to visit to watch it together. Because I, at this point, was still deadly scared of watching horror movies. <laughs> um, right. I, I, like, I was so scared of them, but I really wanted to see this one because even though I was good at horror movies, I was very into the supernatural and ghosts and everything like that. So, so uh, I, I think I went back down to visit him first and we were talking and his mom let slip that he had gone to see it with friends. Uh-huh. And I got so mad at him that I refused to go with him <laughs> to see it after that. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, it won't be the same because you won't be like seeing it for the first time. And so I didn't see it until my manager at the time got me an audition for Blair Witch 2. And I was like, oh, God, I better watch Blair Witch now. Yeah. <laughs> so that I know what, what's going on here. So I finally gave it and I watched it. And and it, and it I watched it like midday and it still scared me. Yeah. And I, the thing that stuck with me, though, of everything in it, and I'm going to ask about this later. The thing that stuck with me was when she finds the the bundle with the mm-hmm. little tooth wrapped up yep. in Josh's yeah. flannel, like the flannel. Somehow that image just stuck with me for years and years and years, and my teeth freak it's, me out now. Yeah, um, like just the idea of like yeah, anything gnarly. happening to your teeth yeah, is gnarly. so gnarly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I kind of got like by the time I saw it, I knew it wasn't real. So I feel like I kind of got robbed of that like experience. Um, but, and I give my husband crap about it constantly. Like every time it comes up, but I'm you like, still, mm. you still married him though. That was, yeah, you know, that exactly. was I, did, I did. I did. I you still married him. You knew, you knew what you were getting into. <laughs> but really only so that I could give him crap about it for the rest of his, <laughs> rest life. Of his life. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, isn't you. that why anyone gets married? <laughs> um, so you can so. lord things over people until they're dead. So. Pretty much. Um, or until you are, whichever. Whichever comes first. Um, but yeah, so that was my experience with it. And, you know, of course, I was um, I was supposed to be auditioning for the goth girl, which I think is so out of what I would normally play. But but there you go. That's how I watched it. And then I ended up being an extra in in Blair Witch 2. The goth. What scene was that in? Were you in? Oh, it was when the um, it was when the park ranger is telling everybody to get out of there. Mm. And I just like run by with a video camera. Oh, okay. But, okay. but, um, but yeah, so that was my experience was when I finally got to see it was when I was getting ready to audition. And I was like, I knew, but it still scared me. Yeah. Well, it see, totally still got me. I, I think that's cool because I mean, I've seen it so many times since, and obviously you can't get the same experience, but it's still frightening because you know what it is for me? It's, I had never seen anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've seen a lot since. Yeah. There's that movie Wreck, and there's all these found footage, and they can do whatever. But th- th- this to me was was just so unique. It, it was so unique mm-hmm. in what you guys did, and I, I just hadn't seen anything like it. And and it genuinely yeah. was was I mean that scene when they come out of the tent that one night and the babies make crying behind or something. Like seriously, that 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 just messes me up. And like you said, finding the teeth in the bundle and the whole thing is mm-hmm. scary. Is it's 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 like the 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 walls are closing in on them. And they are just, you know, they're fighting with each other. And it's almost not even so much a witch. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just they're trying to, you know, get at each other, each other's throats. And it's yeah. just, they're, they're, they're crumbling around each other when something horrible is happening instead of working together. And the sense of dread is coming. And you're just like, oh, my God, what is going to happen to these people? And, I mean, yeah, it it, it has been one of my favorites since. But, um, I mean, Ed, tell me what, you know, where did you guys come up with this? <laughs> tell me, what is the genesis of this? Because I got to know that. I mean, it was it was early '90s, and uh, Dan Myrick and I were in film school together, and we um, uh, we had we had gone to see this movie called Freddy's Dead, which was like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it wasn't very scary, and um, you know, we were just kind of hanging out, uh, you know, poor, uh, you know, starving film students. You know, you got no money, so you just hang out and kind of. We didn't even drink. We could just hang out and eat a little bit and just kind of watch movies and stuff. And we started talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the why there hadn't been any 
scary movies in a while because the 80s like you know the 70s were i mean there's always been scary movies but there was yeah 80s kind of took like the you know slasher kind of um you know uh the makeup effects kind of took mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. and um those movies just never really like got down you know got into our under our skins like like some stuff that we saw earlier and started talking about the movies that really scared us and we ended up in the you know agreeing on a bunch of movies and but also agreeing on this kind of little subgenre that happened in the 70s and early 80s which was like this these like uh fake documentaries um, like cannibal like, holocaust like cannibal holocaust but even but we hadn't we'd never seen a cannibal holocaust so that wasn't even included but it was like legend of boggy creek oh yeah and mm-hmm. um you know even this movie called chariot of the gods which was about like aliens visiting the planet and everything and and then that's especially that show in search of with mm. Leonard Nimoy. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's great. you know yeah that was for us like really scary and it was like we we're like i wonder if you could do that uh you know to audiences you know now so we kind of came up with the idea of like there's a film crew and they go to somewhere okay in rural United States and they to, to, you know, to uncover something about some folklore or some evil kind of dark folklore that's existed in these woods. And then obviously they disappear. And then years later, their footage is found. And, you know, a documentary team like basically makes mm-hmm. a documentary about um, this, this whole disappearance. So that was our mm-hmm. idea is like basically a documentary about filmmakers disappearing. And then, you know, we were going to have interviews with, um, you know, parents and detectives mm-hmm. and you know we're gonna have narration and you know we're gonna have people like examine the footage and find things in the audio like oh my god if we if you play this backwards and play it at a certain frequency you hear these whispers right. and so you know just creepy stuff like that and uh and most of that stuff ended up in curse of the blair witch um okay. but as we went along to edit we realized that mixing them wasn't working for us um, it was like the every time you'd you'd cut away from Heather, Mike, and Josh, that you would lose kind of like the tension, and you were right. kind of like, "Let's get back to the footage." So we decided to like take all the footage out, like right before we ended the, the all the documentary footage, right before we went into Sundance, and we just sent the you know the movie as you know just the raw footage, basically, and um, and that was it. You know, we got into Sundance, and and you know the, the only thing that we. Um, you know, because we were always like worried about like, okay, doesn't the, does the audience need to know something about, you know, this legend because, you know, we're mm-hmm. making it up. So, mm-hmm. and, but so basically we ended up with basically just, let's just put a little card at the beginning to explain the basics of the case and then let the footage go. And, and, you know, yeah. event, you know, luckily it, it was effective, you know? Yeah. So, it's effective. If that, so first of all, I'm, I'm interested to hear that the, the straight found footage was not the original concept yeah. and that that evolved mm-hmm. in editing. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I, I find that very interesting because I think it can, like things can very much change once you start to lay them out on your timeline and see how they work. Uh, it's um, a completely. Yeah. The yeah. editing process is yeah. like you, you're rebuilding the film. So yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, it's, it can become something completely different yeah. than, than what you originally envisioned as it clearly did here. Um, but as you're talking about this, that your original idea was sort of to, to see if you could, if you could, for lack of a better word, play this trick on people. Um, mm-hmm. What was that like? Like to be the yeah. only people who knew. Yeah, that's that's crazy. when all these people think it's real. <laughs> um, and I'm assuming it's a little bit like War of the Worlds when they did the radio play of it. Yeah. And everybody kind of panicked. Like, how? What was that like? Did you have to like watch your watch your mouth and like not admit to people that it was real or did you tell people if they asked or no i mean yeah i mean like it was crazy i mean first of all when we when we did the movie we realized you know we we were you know we were fans of orson wells and the you know war of the worlds and um you know we we realized that you know that's you know it's a kind of a dangerous thing that to do that you know what i mean but you know we had seen it at other times in 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 our lives like remember that movie um there was a movie called Special Bulletin, which was about like in the, I guess in the 80s, when, during the nuclear war um, craze, like the kind of the, in mm-hmm. the 80s, of, where uh, it was basically like a, a nuclear bomb. Some terrorists had gotten a, a nuclear bomb and they were holding some hostages on a boat. And the whole movie was like a newscast, like we broke in and 
And I remember them having to say like, this is a work of fiction, you know, because of the world, the world. So I was really aware of like, oh my God, you know, we can't, you can't fully, you know, the public like that. So I think all of us, you know, we're kind of like, all right, look, we can never tell people that this is real, but let's just make it as real as possible so that like, Mm-hmm. you know nothing in the movie betrays that it's not real you know what i mean and then if nope. they, people find out later then that's the way it is and then when Ar- when artisan bought the movie you know they were like um we discussed this with them they were like no no no, we're going to release it as as real like you know that was their strategy and, I, and honestly i was kind of scared because i'm not you know there was a little bit of trepidation because mm-hmm. I, we were afraid of the backlash we're like you know right. people don't like to be fooled like this and you know whatever mm-hmm. But we were like, look, you know, they bought the movie and they seem to know what they're doing. So let's just go along with it. And, you know, and uh, and it was kind of cool, you know, seeing it. But they never forced us to lie. Like, like mm-hmm. uh, Dan and I did a bunch of interviews, like about the filmmaking of the movie. And we never, um, you know, we never lied about any, any of that and that stuff. So, you know, there so there was definitely you could find out it was fake, but it was a little more difficult you know, than it, yeah. it would be today. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? And, and mm-hmm. the, the, the internet was like, you know, just a, a small percentage of what it is now. And, and it wasn't, okay. and it was enough to like, the internet was in a great place because it was perfect to like, you know, throw out a lot of disinformation, but there was no like, you know, there was no wicked, I don't know if Wikipedia no Reddit, I don't think was around. There was, no, there was nothing. There was <laughs> nothing to like... check. No, no. <laughs> Um, you know, with a Snopes or whatever, there's no, there was no, you know, so, so basically you could throw a lot of stuff out there Oh yeah, and, um, people would, you know, believe it. So, and, and also we weren't, you know, we weren't trying to do anything malicious. Like we weren't asking for money other than, you know, your ticket price, you know, we weren't asking for like, you know, we need money to investigate, you know, we weren't like running a scam. So it was just, it was just a marketing campaign that, you know, just worked. That's right. Yeah, and well, you know and I think people it's end up amazing. loving that you fooled oh them. Oh, God, of course. Yeah, I mean, I most people, same, yeah, most people, yeah. yes, yeah. I wouldn't have had the same reaction to it if it hadn't known that. I mean, like I said, mm-hmm. it's still, I could throw it on today and not know what the heck it is, and it would still scare me. But, I mean, yeah, that was yeah. – um, now, how did that work out with your – with your actors after this was done, how did that work with getting them to keep their mouths shut? I guess at the same time, right? Ooh, especially well, because didn't they say on IMDb that they were uh, dead for a while? I, I think so. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm not – I'm not, you know, I think that I didn't, I never checked it, but, um, uh, but yeah, there was, I mean, I think for them it was, uh, it was cool. It was fine. I think, I mean, you'd have to ask them. I think they were, um, you know, you know, probably a little frustrated, but they understood, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, I think, and they went along with it and, you know, and, and, you know, they had, um, you know, they were, uh, you know, I think it turned out well for them. They got a lot of attention and they got a lot of mm-hmm. opportunities. Um, and, um, yeah, I just remember like, you know, the Mike, I was, uh, was hanging out with Mike on the first weekend that it opened at the Angelica, which was, um, this little, um, it's like an art house theater in mm-hmm. New York. And, um, it was like Wednesday. It was the first because it opened up at the Angelica exclusively, you know, worldwide exclusive for like Wednesday and Thursday. And then Friday it was going to about mm-hmm. 13 or 15 other theaters, like all over the United States. And there was, you know, a line, huge line to get in. All the shows were sold out the entire, all the run, the whole, like that week, the weekend, they were just kept putting, I have a picture of like Saturday sold out, you know, awesome. Sunday sold out, you know, and awesome. they had it like on two or three screens. So it was, you know, and it was cool because we had like a little display of like artifacts from the case and stuff that we had one of our friends build. Yeah. And I remember like sitting across and seeing the line like to get into the theater and uh, across the street. And it was me and Mike and a couple other people. And Mike was like, my my own, you know, hit movie. And I can't even go over there and like (laughs) talk to the fans. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. man, I'm sorry. And he, I mean, you know, I think. So th- I think they were a little bit frustrated, but you know they got they definitely got enough press. I think but, afterwards and, and did the rounds and stuff. Oh, yeah. So you know at least I they think got I to checked on IMDb and I think they're all still <clears throat> working. I've seen yeah. them all and stuff. I've seen them all and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean they they're all. I mean I think they're all pretty happy. I mean I think Mike is a is a a, a, a counselor like a I think middle school counselor um, and he really loves it and he's really good at it and 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 he still does 
uh, movies on the side. He, he was mm-hmm. in a couple of movies that we were producing here locally. And then, um, and Josh, it, you know, was an actor, director. I mean, he still is. And, and now he's like, he's kind of a Renaissance man. He went, he's now like um, remodeling old houses. Like he bought right. him and his, him and his wife bought like a, a, like this, like this compound in uh, upstate New York, I think. And, he basically remodeled it. So he's like high end, like, you know, his store, like, it's like, he's just really (laughs) talented. And I asked him, I actually asked him a while ago, I was like, Hey, do you want to come and, you know, act in one of these movies, little cameo or do whatever. And, you know, kind of just hanging out whatever and have fun. He's like, he's like, no, I'm not acting right now. I'm not acting. I'm kind of happy doing what I'm doing. And then, um, Heather, I, I, I rarely talk to, I just see her on Facebook, but she's kind of like become a bit of a guru, you know, like a, she's like kind of a spiritual leader and, um, yeah, she just like gives, she's very like, um, you know, uh, spiritual and she lives out in these kind of in this rural area and she grew pot for a while and has written some books and is just continuing her journey, but I don't think she's acting anymore, at least right now, but Mm -hmm. they were all, I mean, you know they're all super talented and and honestly like the movie obviously wouldn't have happened without them and they you know they were um you know they were part it was such a collaborative movie and they were such a huge part of it and um you know it's uh it was a i I hope they look back on it you know with mostly you know good memories but um you know that we owe a lot to them so that actually brings up a question i wanted to ask um which is that how much of that characterization was you dictating to them what their characters were and how much was just shaped by them? Because I know the, the script was not, not like an exact. It wasn't, there was no, there was no dialogue in the script. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, we, we, we gave, I mean, look, our whole thing was like, we want to, make this as seamless as possible we want it to seem like real footage so that's why we were like hey can we use your real names and then mm-hmm, that way you mm-hmm. don't have to like because you know how there's some moments when you're like deep in it and all of a sudden you say the care the person's name instead mm-hmm, of the character mm-hmm. and then you ruin you know what i'm saying you ruin a moment so for mm-hmm. us it was like there was no your, your brain didn't even have to go to the character it was all yourself so mm-hmm. and we said that look basically beyond the the you know, the logistical kind of facts of like, you go to Montgomery College, and you're in the TV radio, um, you know, uh, program, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you, you, uh, you know, you guys, you, you know, Josh and Mike knew each other, Heather didn't know Mike, but she knew Josh. And you guys want to be filmmakers and whatever. And other than that, we were like, just everything else fill in with your like real, okay. as much of your real life as you, as you can, okay. you know, as, you, as you comfortably can. Um, so they, um, you know, they kind of invented all that, but yeah, the script was like, I mean, it was a, it was a script. There was just no dialogue. Mm-hmm. So basically all the little beats in there were laid out. So we would like, we, we, we definitely gave them character direction because we mm-hmm. kind of led them to like, you know, when to, you know, when, when Mike started really doubt, like Mike started doubting Heather mm-hmm. way before mm-hmm. Josh, but then eventually Josh, you know, just gives up on her. And we were kind of trying to like boost, you know, Heather's, you know, like, you know, you're the, you're the leader, you know, F yeah. these guys, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of that. But then, and then later on, of course, like, holy shit, you know, or with Heather, it was like a lot of like, I know exactly what I'm doing. You know, this is fine. You know, we're going to be good. And then slowly we kind of like pulled that away from her. Like, oh shit, I think you're definitely lost. I can't believe you're going to do this. And Mike is, you know, I feel bad for the guys and whatever, but you know, kind of like these moments of, of, you know, and all of them. And then they weren't allowed. We kind of gave them these directions and these little directing notes that we would leave them like, you know, three or four times a day and in the woods, basically in the, at pre-designated, um, you know, locations. She would leave them and, like written. Yeah. We would, we, oh, you remember, remember the 35 okay. millimeter little the canisters, canisters of, right? film? Yeah, yeah. 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 We had a, we had one with H M and yes. J and then we would put that them. That would be their would, notes, right? Yeah. We had like a little, um, crate, like a little, um, Mm-hmm. like a like a milk crate with like a, a flag like one of those uh, bicycle fl- bicycle flags with like mm-hmm, an orange mm-hmm. fluorescent pl- flag on it mm-hmm. and we would tell them they had gps units and they would say all right you got to be 
be at waypoint four. It was already pre-programmed mm -hmm. by three o'clock. And we would give mostly Heather at the beginning. And then later, I think Mike started or Josh started leading them. Like we would shift mm -hmm. it up like it was in the story. And um, so they would get to the waypoint and they would be like, either look, you know, the, here's the scene, like very uh, and mm -hmm. very, um, you know, try to give them as much information without ruining the gag. Like for the right. stick man forest, it was like, come to this area and then look up. That was, you know, look up, you'll see some stuff. So they were kind of like, oh my God, what the hell am I going to see? So then the, and then these crates, we would have notes. We would also have like fresh batteries, um, Art. you know, food, yeah. you know, they, and then they would leave their tapes. They would leave their, you know, drain batteries, film. Like if Josh had shot film, he would leave the film canister. Um, and then we would basically awesome. give them whatever they needed. And then they sometimes would ask for stuff through the radio and then we would like bring it to their basket. But we tried to like keep them completely isolated as much mm -hmm. as possible and kind of leading them by remote and then, and, you know, keeping an eye on them. We were always like, there was always a base camp mm -hmm. within like probably half a mile, you know, three quarters of the miles as at, at most, probably less than that during the whole time. Um, and uh, so, you know, our, you know, we definitely needed to, we wanted to keep them safe, but that was how we did it. That's how we directed. And we gave them all the directions and, I, and, you know, f fortunately, they were able to, you know, interpret those notes and actually give us, it was kind of amazing once we start, when we edited the, we watched the footage, we're like, man, they, they pretty much hit every single beat in the script. Like that, that was, was, you know, what I wanted to know was, yeah, like they, they hit they every single beat in the script. Yeah. And then there, and then there was, you know, surprises, right. which, you know, we always expected there to be mm -hmm. surprises. So that was like amazing seeing those like little, the beats that we didn't script that they kind of invented. And that was like, you know, for, you know, we, we were actually an audience member during those moments, you know, because you're mm -hmm. seeing this for the very first time, <clears throat> just like the audience is going to see it. So can you, <laughs> can you me. give us an example of something that just like came out of nowhere that you were like, I the, never expected this. And it's amazing. The biggest one was a map, you know, the, him throwing the map because I like, kicked that fucking map yeah, in we, the creek. So, yeah. So we had, yeah. So <laughs> we had this, doing shit. we had this map and it was useless because, you know, obviously we were, you know, pushing them around and we were zigzagging them around there and the Seneca Creek Park is only two square miles mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah they were never you know they in fact one night like they actually reached the location there wasn't we hadn't prepared the tent or anything mm -hmm. we were like behind it was raining and we were getting our asses kicked on the logistical side production and they couldn't reach us on the radio so they walked we had like safety things like if you're at this place walk east so they walked east and they ended up at somebody's house so, you know, and knock on the door. Hey, we're shooting a movie. We need to use your phone, you know. Um, so uh, we always had that safety thing concerned. But, yeah, they were kind of, you know, we just kind of manipulated them in this in in this area. And we played the Blair Witch. And, right. um, you know, luckily we didn't, you know, we didn't kill anybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that is, yeah, that was my question, too, was, was, yeah, did you get what you wanted out of them? And so... Was it just old, like the high eight Sony cams, and someone had a sixteen millimeter film cam, right? Well, also? yeah, because there was there was color and black and white. And I was going to ask yeah. that too. Like, was yeah. that an intentional choice to do both, or were those just the cameras you could get? Uh, no, it wasn't. I mean, it was like the movie was supposed to take place in nineteen ninety four. So we were like, you know, what cameras would you know a film student in 1994 use and the right. cp16 was something that we had in film school at ucf okay. this is you know and and so basically if you were shooting a documentary in the 90s you know to be taken seriously you had to shoot film you know what i mean mm -hmm. like to, you mm -hmm. know and if in fact like you know sundance would only accept movies um you know, in, uh, in, in film, like you had to actually have mm. a, 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 a print made if you shot your wow. movie on yeah. video. So I was like, all right, she would shoot it. She wouldn't have any money. So she would shoot it on black and black and white. It's a creepy, you know, horror documentary anyway. Mm -hmm. So that would mm -hmm. work aesthetically. She would do that. And then, yeah. um, and then she would probably have a couple of, you know, a camera that she has just to do behind the scenes for her project. Mm -hmm. So, right. you know, it was just 1994. What camera would they have? Well, they would have a high eight camera. That's what, you know, that's sense. what they would probably use. That was kind of like yeah. cutting edge in, 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 in the early nineties. Um, did you have to teach so, them how to use them? Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the film camera, you know, Josh, um, yeah. he knew something about production, but we taught him how to load the camera and, 
you know, Neil, our, our DP would like load the magazines and then put them, you know, he would preload the magazines, tape yeah. them all up and then put them in the basket. And then, so Josh, all he had to do was put the magazine onto the film camera and then th threading the, the camera is the big thing. And so we taught him that, you know, Neil kind of did like a little mini film school right before we started shooting and taught him that. And then he, and then once the magazine was done, he would just take the magazine off, put it back in the basket and we would take it out and we would unload it and all that stuff. Cause you have to, you know, you have to do that in a, in a, you know, yeah. like a dark a bag kind of, so right. you have to have a little, you know, you have to be practiced to do that. So Neil would do that. And then the tapes, they would just shoot tapes and then leave them when they were done. And, um, you know, that was, that was kind of the process. We would just collect the tapes and That's a watch, watch as, of, watch as much hope. as possible. I'm, no, but, but real quick, yeah. back to that mic moment. So, so when we, real quick, the, the finding okay. the map was, I, I forgot to finish the, the answering the question, but like, so when, so Mike lost, kicked the map into the wood, you know, it was like fighting the, he kicked it and he, nobody watched, nobody saw him. Heather and Mike, that Heather and Josh didn't see him. So he kind of kept that information like, oh my God, what are, when are, should I tell these people? And he was like, right there, like there's some scenes now where you see, you know, Heather and Mike, Heather and Josh arguing about the map and Mike's just sitting there, like knowing that he kicked the map into the <laughs> yeah. creek. Yeah. So he he was like, I gotta you know figure out a, a good time to like you know unleash this, and he unleashed it, and they were not expecting yeah, it, did. and they were blindsided by it. And, it was so good. She was so, so mad. When, so I, oh when my we, god. Oh my god, she was crazy. And then so when we watched it back, we were like, you know, that was like raw it's real. and real, yes. and to us it was completely unscripted. So for the that's you know, it was so one of the, good. One of the times where we were like, holy, we're, this is the way the audience is gonna experience it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Exactly. That's when it's In like, yeah, this is getting scary. This is, oh my god. Yes. Yeah, uh, it was so just, well done. It's just like, classic. That's it's when just... that turn happened in the theater, and you're sitting and you're like, yeah, these funny moments aren't happening anymore. This is not funny. This is really, really scary. Yeah, well, that, this at that is point, really scary. They start, yeah, they start turning on each other. And yeah, they, that's yeah. when it starts. That's when the you know the, the biggest enemy is the, is themselves. So it's exactly. It was cool. Exactly. I mean, and again, like you know, they were they were um, the actors were uh, you, you know they they were ready to do that. Like they were you know they let themselves yeah. go to those yeah. places, and and it's like they were you know especially heather like just really brave like being the only woman you know is mostly guys on on the team yep. and there's my you know my wife or my you know mm -hmm. she was there and i think dan's girlfriend was there and you know so we had a couple of women you know but mm -hmm. you know it's mostly just dudes and just the idea of her not really knowing us and go, you know coming down from new york with these two actors that she doesn't know and these directors that he does she doesn't know and this production crew and then go into right. the woods be left alone with two guys in a tent like you know yeah. that took some so, you know that took some some gusto or whatever i mean you, you know she's, she's she must have really yeah. believed in the project i mean, I mean luckily yes i think every, you know everybody believed in it you know we were and, and i think they were you know they were you know and you know tara you being an actress like um you know you under like this is a rare opportunity to do a an improv mm -hmm. film you know like that's kind of an exciting thing so i think they were yeah we got a we got a lot of enthusiasm when we auditioned like we didn't we we got like we auditioned like hundreds of people that we didn't expect we didn't expect to get yeah. 50 people to audition so the the out the kind of the whole improv feature film i think brought in a lot of really great talented people so and luckily mm -hmm. we found them found the best three you yeah, did you, you found lot. really good yeah really good people for it you put um, a lot of trust into these people and it paid off big time. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was exactly, we trusted them mm -hmm. and they trusted us. So it was very much, you know, uh, mm -hmm. it was that kind of shoot. It had to be, you know? So one thing I want to, I want to highlight and maybe dig into a little bit is as you've been talking to us just now and telling us like about leaving things for them and about having to leave them food and make sure you had reels for them and, you know, and all this stuff as, as a, a uh, filmmaker, you know, making small short films and knowing how much pre-production and how much effort all the production and coordination of that takes just for a short film for a few days of filming on a set, right? Yeah. Where you can go to yeah. run to Target and grab something if you forget right. it. Yeah. I'm I'm in awe of yeah. how much 
Yeah. How much preparation and how much coordination you guys must have had to do. And I'm curious how big your crew was with all that. Or was it just like a few of you handling all that? It was, uh, it was, you know, me and Dan, you know, the co-directors and then Greg Hale, mm-hmm. the producer slash third director. Um, and then Ben Rock was the production designer. Rick Marino was the art director. Neil was the DP. Um, uh, wondering if, and I think that's all the full-time staff we had. Wow. And how long um, was pre-production? Pre-pro- I mean, pre-production was, you know, a year and a half. Okay. I mean, it was, okay. I mean you know, just kind yeah. of, you Ooh. know, the, especially the casting, you know. Mm-hmm. But then once we got in the woods, I mean, I think, I mean, we had the luxury of, um, you know, we 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 used Steph, my girlfriend, now my wife, we, Steph had a townhouse in Germantown, which was like right around the corner from Seneca Creek State Park. So we mm-hmm. used that as like the production office. So we would we would take trips up to Maryland and, you know, I mean, or I, w- I lived in Maryland. So Dan would come to Maryland and Greg would come, came a couple of times just to scout and to mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. figure out what we needed to do and this and that or whatever. Um but I don't know how long the, the prep was probably a couple of weeks, three weeks, you know, like we were just there and, and we, yeah. we the, you know, we didn't pay ourselves. So we were just kind of like, you know, doing as much work as possible. And then Rob Cowie was with the other producer. I think he came down for a little while, but he was more of like the administrative, like trying to figure out, like he got us access to the state parks, which at, at a, a certain point they were, they told us we couldn't, sh- we couldn't mm-hmm. um, stay there overnight. And we were like, well, how are we going to shoot those overnight yeah, scenes? If, yeah, we're going to have to. And then, and they were like, well, there's no overnight camping left, you know, allowed at the camp. It's a state thing or whatever. And so Rob knew somebody, you know, politically and the guy was, you know, somebody reached out mm-hmm. and they were like, let they, let, they, let them shoot. They're, you know, doing this movie and you know, let them, let them do make this movie. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, we had like um, a lot of uh, help from just friends of mine, Lonnie Glarum and Steph, you know, Stephanie, mm-hmm. my, mm-hmm girlfriend his her sister carolyn helped um uh just you know we had people uh, coming from mc that helped a little bit but yeah and you know a lot of people kind of came and went but Mm full-time it was only like five or six people full-time um so it was hard i mean it was 24 hours a day of like shooting you know and and managing Mm -hmm. the actors and you know and our main thing was like let's not kill these Mm -hmm. people um but greg you know i mean greg hale really my producer (laughs) our producer really like was the one that kind of logistically led, like made it possible to like do it that way, like to do that. You know, he, he's like from, he spent some time in the military and learned a lot about like GPS stuff. Uh And like, he kind of, he came up Mm -hmm. with the idea of like, let's just leave the actors out there, you know, the whole time. And, uh, and you know, he was just, it was just really solid. We had a really great crew and people worked their asses off as always. And that was, you know, that's it. But yeah, it wasn't very, it wasn't, you know, it was just eight, eight or nine days of shooting and then um, a couple of weeks of prep. And then, you know, just, yeah. you know, just uh, a lot of planning as you know. And, and you continued working with Greg and Robin after that, because I think they were both involved in Lovely Molly when I worked on that with you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So after, were they after, with you at, just kind of from then on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gr- Greg's been with me the whole time. And then Rob was still in Haxon for a while. And then um, he left uh, about 10 years ago, maybe. Um, and um, uh, Dan, and, you know, we, it was five of us. Um, there was also Mike Manella, who was like a Florida guy, and he did a lot of the helped us with a lot of the editing and the website and a lot of stuff after we went we were doing post. Um, but yeah, we hung out for a while in Haxon, and then for various reasons, you know, people, you know, went off, did their own thing, and so now mm-hmm. it's just Greg and I are the only ones that are like left from the original Haxon crew um, that are still working together. So. Any good Blair Witch fan like myself has been to Burkittsville and has been to all the places where he shot this. Was there any particular reason why Burkittsville, why Seneca? I mean, were these places you picked to shoot just because of out of convenience or what? Anything like that? It was, well, the Seneca Creek was just convenience. Like we were like, you know, we knew we had to be in some kind of state park. Um, we, We had toyed with the idea of like private land, but we couldn't find enough, you know, like we needed a lot of space and so we thought, you know, 
Seneca Creek was good. We asked permission. They were like, yeah, yeah, you could shoot there. It's pretty easy. You know, it's like a state park or whatever. And they, yeah. you know, they, they were wanted to be friendly to student filmmakers and all that stuff. But then once they, you know, and it's like I said, once they knew we had to shoot there at night, it was a different story. And we almost like had to do it illegally. Um, but luckily they <laughs> let us go in there. And then, so that, and also, and so, so Seneca Creek made the most, you know, um, you know, sense because of the, diff it had a lot of different terrains and mm -hmm. had a diff like different yeah. looks of the woods. You know, there was some, so we wanted to yeah. have it, make it look bigger than it was. Um, and it, and, and honestly, it was like a couple of miles from Steph's townhouse, which we knew yeah. we were ha going to have to use as the production office. So Good. that made it a kind of easy choice and it just worked out really well. Um, yeah. and then the, um, the house at the end was, was in Patapsco state park, yes. um, which is over, gone now, yeah. I think. Right. Unfortunately, it's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so we had to, for that last scene, we had to transport them over there. Um, but then, uh, Burkittsville, we chose Perkittsville yeah, because Burkittsville? It, it was like Dan and I were, were driving around, um, you know, just Frederick County and kind of looking to see like what town was going to be like our model for the, you know, because we knew we, we had all this, you know, history, all this mythology, like folklore, like, okay, whatever town it is, it used to be called Blair. And then they, you know, the, the Blair witch happened and everybody died and they abandoned the town. And then like, you know, whatever years later, somebody decided, Hey, let's start a new town here and let's call it something else other than Blair. And, you know, and the town's cursed, you know, it's kind of the story. Mm -hmm. So we were like just driving around and we went, you know, Brunswick and we went to every little yeah. town, you know, in Frederick County and, and some in mm -hmm. Montgomery County. And then we just, we were coming over this hill and we saw like Burkittsville, like this little, there's this very scenic kind of angle on Burkittsville where like the town is there and there's, you know, those, the, 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 you know, the church steeple and the, the, you church. see the cemetery mm -hmm. and then behind it is yeah. the mountain, you know, is the mountains, you know, like it's not huge mountains, but it's, you know, looks cool. So we were like, all right, this is it. This is, this looks great, yeah. you know? And then we drove up and it said yeah. Burkittsville, you know, established like 1825, I think. So we're like, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. The town, you know, the curse happened in the late 1700s. It was abandoned for 50 years. And then they, that this is what, so then, mm -hmm. Dan and I kind of, you know, we built all the backstory and all the folklore along with the team, you know, based on that. And then the rest is history. And honestly, like if we would, if we had known that the movie was going to be like such a crazy thing, we would have definitely like just <laughs> used Burkittsville, but then used like yeah. a different, you know, like a fictional name because, you know, they were like uh, hounded you know. for, a, they were hounded for a while. Um, yeah. And it took yeah. them a while to kind of come around. That, like you said. No, no, we, we, you know, we didn't know that. We yeah. felt bad. We, they were, you know, their, their, um, signs were stolen and we bought them new signs and then oh, yeah. those were, and then those uh, were stolen. Geez. And yeah, so they've changed them a lot um, since then, But, you I know, think, yeah. but, but now, you know, uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, we actually had the first screening of Blair Witch in Burkittsville. And I don't even know about it. I don't even know about it until like it a couple was, days later. And I thought, yeah, oh, it was, I missed it was this. amazing. It was cool. There was a lot oh. of people there and they had like a food I truck. Know it, was. And yeah. it was good. I never thought I saw, yes. I'd see the day we we're watching Blair Witch Project in the vicinity of, of Burkittsville, you know? It's so cool. Oh, my God. Yes, um, hopefully so that happens again. In Burkittsville, <laughs> though, when you were there, um, were the were the Burkittsville townspeople that you interviewed actually just people who lived there that you pulled, or did you bring in actors for those roles? You, you guys shot most of that stuff in other towns, though, right? Burkittsville only yeah. has a couple, one or two scenes, okay. right? The only, the, thing, the, we, the, only yeah, the only thing away. we shot was yeah, cemetery and driving away, and then and then we shot. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Brunswick sh was one. We shot Brunswick, couple, right? like the woman with the babe with the kid is Brunswick, yes. and then yes. um, okay. the. So these were the, all actors that you hired. No, no, no. Some of them were actors, okay. like the older guy in the in the town in the in the, in the like convenience store that talks about Rustin Parr. He yeah. was a guy that we hired. Um, and I think the woman yeah. who's a little loopy oh, who comes out of her house, her? right? Yes. Mary yes, Brown was her? somebody we, we hired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hired she was her. amazing. 
Yeah, no, she was great, man. And but then you know things like the woman with the baby that was totally like just somebody who baby, wanted to no, help out no, the, the no, yeah no. yeah she was there that was and hilarious. now and now they they're like a regular part yeah. of the Blair Witch you know gang up here in Maryland like you know it's like they were there they were there at the at the um, you know the 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 the, the, the screening in Burkittsville so cool. and Ingrid, oh my god so he girl, must be like a full adult out of college yeah yeah she, now. yeah she's married oh, wow. and she yeah. has, uh, she's like a, yeah she's oh a psychologist god. or you know and you know, oh, you know she's, a, she's a grown, full so grown cute. woman so yeah it's cool I mean and it's cool that they both kind of still you know hang out and and do the do our um, little events. That's awesome. What about the what about the two guys um in the creek? You're the crazy. Fishermen? You're full. You don't know what the hell you're talking about, man. <laughs> that was those, those two were great. Those were great. Those were great. Like um that was Ed Swanson and Bob yeah. Griffin and Bob passed a few years ago and Ed okay. is the, the younger one still comes he she he was also at the Blair Witch uh anniversary. He he's he's local. He awesome. was a guy I played softball with and just was like the coolest guy ever and and I was like in my casting like we were having trouble with actors, like trained actors, because it's not mm-hmm. really acting. It's kind, you know, it's like it's um, it's improvisation. But mm-hmm. you, you're not. You, we want you to yeah. play yourself. We don't want a fake accent. And a lot of people, we actually did plant um, a f- one particular woman who just did not work. Like she just, you know, the performance was, and we had to cut it out of the movie. But otherwise, they all worked out really well. So I wanted kind of untrained people, and I mean, and Bob mm-hmm. Griffith and, and Ed Swanson just—I mean, they just did an amazing job. We we couldn't have, I, we didn't believe that scene when we were like done with it. We're like, oh my god! And we and we set those things up, That's you great. know, Bob in his in his directing notes because we would give like like the way that worked was that we would give them i guess through emails aol was still was was around so you could email things but we would basically just send the you know the actors you know bob and ed we'd send them i i I would write up like a one page just description of what you need to learn and then i would tell them don't memorize any of this stuff but just because it has to be something where you're like kind of remembering and and the details don't matter Mm -hmm. but basically for for the for bob this is what you saw you know that's why when he's saying it, he's kind of in, making it up as he goes along, and, and it adds to the yeah. you know, the genuine feeling of it. And then I and then I told Ed, I'm like, dude, you've heard this shit a million times. It's a bunch of bullshit. You know, you're you love right. your you love your father in law, but he's a fool, and you know he's always believed drinking a little too much all the time. So you know yeah. that was kind of like the whole thing. And we just let them. They 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 didn't even know each other, and we just kind of let them. You know, I, I, I trusted that the combo oh, of them was going to work, you know, and, and luckily it did. They were great. Yeah, that was that was so good. They were when, awesome. When you were when, when you were. So this is something that, you know, when you think of a project and you're working on something, you see it in a certain way. And, you know, you're looking at it from object. You know, it's hard to look at it as like an audience. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you cut this thing and you sent it to set, did you, were you scared? Did this movie yeah. scare you or did you think about it so differently? You couldn't kind of see that audience look at it. What it, wow. No, no, no. It scared me, man. It scared me. It scared me. Like I, okay, and that's what I tell people. That's awesome. That's what I tell people. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, ah, it didn't scare me. I'm like, well, how did you see it? You know, because that has a lot to do with any right. movie. Mm-hmm. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, like, yes. like, like if, if you're willing to try again, you know, watch the movie, you know, late at night in the dark by yourself not on a it doesn't have to be a big screen and just turn it up and just watch it and see if it freaks you out but it has to be dark you have to be alone and see if it's you know and you know whatever so it still got me during the day yeah no i mean and it (laughs) still does so 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 so, um yeah i was and i've told a story a million times but like you know i was editing the we would do shifts dan would edit during the day and then i would take over like after dinner and edit till you know one or two in the morning and then come back and i would work on the website i didn't have a girlfriend at the time steph and i broke up for a little while so we were i was i had a lot of time on my hands and uh so i would edit at night and i remember like one it was like one in the morning and we were in this i mean it was kind of creepy house in but it, you know it was orlando downtown orlando it's like a one you know there's no upstairs and downstairs so there's no creepy cellar, but but it still had a kind of a creepy vibe to it. But anyway, I was alone and I was editing, and I'm just like editing, yeah, going along, and 
and editing the house scene and just kind of doing match cuts and like going from the film to the, you know, and just kind of really thinking, just being a real filmmaker. And then I just, I was like, all right, let me go, let me see what I did. And then I sit there and I play it and just something started like just creeping me out. And like, I started mm-hmm. feeling like somebody was watching me and, and, um, Within two yeah. minutes, I was you running know toward you, my car. You know you did running, it when but, you get but yourself. But like fast walking, <laughs> like fast walking to my car, yeah. like, you know. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it was something about that house too. Like I felt when I was, when we were shooting, I, not that I felt anything supernatural, but there were, I felt really afraid in that house. And I remember one time we were, mm. sh- we were wow. scouting and they left, I, I, I somehow was in a cellar and I was looking and trying to make, you know, trying to figure out what the hell we we're going to do this and that. And then I realized that nobody was around anymore. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm alone in this house. The sun was going down. So I, again, I like just ran out and, you know, everybody was down the road, but um, yeah, it was like, it was that house scene, like just really, um, got to me and, um, and I had to flee literally <laughs> get out Amityville horror. So yeah. here's a down and dirty Texas on, on this one. What did you cut this film on? What did you use? We started on a avid, um, my uh, partner, I that was my, my partner Dan, was avid like, MC we were, Express. Yeah. Well, actually, no. It was the full-on Avid. No. It was the full. Because okay. nice. MC Express, MC Express was like the cheaper version, right? That came later. No, we were. Mm-hmm. We had That's the real I one. Used. Yeah, we yeah. had the real one, okay, man. It nice. was ridiculously expensive, and you know. So That's, then, oh yeah, thousands and thousands. Oh my god, it was so crazy. And then, so but we were doing. My yeah. partner Dan was doing. Um, videos like doing corporate videos and that's how he was making a living so we could we we could pay okay. for it for a little while and then eventually we're like man this is too crazy so we bought a media we bought some max and put started doing a media <laughs> media 100 so we finished the movie mm-hmm. in media 100 and um you know and, and you know it's i mean avid is definitely more solid but uh you know we made the best of the media 100 and it didn't you know, I mean, it still cost a crazy yeah. amount of money, but wasn't like the avid money. So expensive back then. Yeah. So I have yeah. a like, like a looking forward question from from looking forward from Blair Witch, mm-hmm. which is, you have made several movies since then, several great movies, right? Se- uh, Seventh Moon, which I think we already talked about with you. We did. Um, that was good. Exists, altered, lovely Molly. You've done a lot of TV work. Uh, I mean. Mm-hmm. You've done a lot of directing since then. So how yeah. did that first project affect the director who you are today? Like, do you still use techniques that you learned on that set? Like, how is that, how has that made you the director you are today? Um, I mean, the thing is, is that like the, there was a pre Blair and an after Blair, like pre Blair, I had done two features. I was, I was really <laughs> um, ambitious when I, in my younger days and I shot a, you know, this was like in the late eighties. So I shot a movie on VHS because that was kind of all we had, you know, and this is before, you know, Mm -hmm. digital video. So, and it was more of an exercise. So I wrote and directed and edited this feature, um, as kind of like a class project, um, from, from people from MC. And then, and it was a, you know, it was kind of a goofy movie, but it was, we did it. And it was like, oh my God, we finished a feature. So, you know, it was like this big moment and you're like, at least you, kind of went through it and got through it and finished it. And then I did another movie a few years later called Gabriel's dream. Then that one we shot on film. I had been, been to film school and my plan was go to film school and then write a movie and then shoot it that summer. And we did it. And, you know, it, it was, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a great movie. I wouldn't say it was a good movie. It was kind of, you know, there were some good moments in the movie. Um, you know, it's just 20 year old me, you know, messing around. Um, and, uh, but it taught, you know, taught me a lot. And then, um, and then Blair Witch came, you know, Blair Witch was kind of like my last hurrah. Like I was, it was late twenties and I was like, all right, if I, if this doesn't happen then, and also we knew we, we were like, this is the best idea we've ever had. So if this doesn't work, it's pretty good. We're, we're done. You know, like if this doesn't work for us, um, and, but, but, and then Blair Witch came along and what Blair Witch taught me was that you know, it, that filmmaking is true collaboration. Like you have to, mm-hmm. 
That's right. um, let go. And like, you know, I think that when, when you're, we, when I was younger, um, there's this level of like, I'm the man and, you know, I want to be Steven Spielberg. I want to be Spike Lee and, you know, Robert Rodriguez did it and this and that. And it is, you know, film is, you know, driven by, you know, sometimes a singular, you know, person. Um, but it, films you can't make without a lot of talented people around you, you know, like never, like none of those people made a, made those movies alone. And, um, mm -hmm. and it wasn't just like, Oh, can you help me, you know, do sound on my film? It's more like hire the people and then um, trust that you are hiring the right people to bring your vision to mind and not, and not like, mm -hmm. you know, always you know let other people do your work but don't micromanage you know that's the main thing that i learned like and you know my other films there was this level of like you know always thinking that you're right and kind of being stubborn and like sometimes you know you never know where the good idea is going to come from mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. and you know you especially acting wise like if you've if you've hired the right people then let them bring you know, what they want to, you know, mm -hmm. you know, let, let them collaborate with it and let them guide the character, you know, and let them, you know, give them a little bit of guidance as far as like what you need the character to do, but let the, the actor create it and, you know, give them that freedom. And, and, um, and Blair Witch taught me that like the best, sometimes being a director, a good director means like just ste stepping back and letting the crew and the actors do their jobs. And on television, that's, you know, it's a complete, you know, that's, the, it's served me very well because TV mm -hmm. is, you know, it's a lot more independent. Like, you know, you, they, I mean, they need a director, but they really could, you know, the, the, the whole system is made to, to operate even without a director, you know, mm -hmm. because they have to get this, you know, that's why you, you know, there's never in, in network history, oh, that they just couldn't finish that episode. You know, it just didn't work. Yeah, you know, right. No, I mean, somebody <laughs> will step in and finish the episode and do That's it. Right. You know what I'm saying? It might not be good. But, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, so there's there are guardrails in television. Um, but so so you can you can step away a lot more. But also it just makes like the moments where you kind of, you know, go in there and do your thing just better. You know what I mean? Because like they you know, people respect you more when you've kind of given them a little bit of direction and a little motivation and then let mm -hmm. them, you know, bring the good work to you, you know? And so that's, that's, that's the main thing that Blair Witch taught me is the idea that like, you know, you, um, you're part of a team and obviously, you know, you can't just say, oh, you know, hire anybody. Like, you know, mm -hmm. if you, again, especially actors, like if you hire the right actors, you've made the right choices, they're going to bring, hopefully bring something to the role and to, scenes and mm -hmm. improv and they're going to bring so many things that you'd never come up with like really good things you know and 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 that and that can come from any department you know and and you know just collaboration mm -hmm. is the is is the big thing that i've learned i have one that's that's wonderful i have one last question that i want to ask and that is you you guys created a, a universe you created a folklore you created a legend that i that i think is amazing and you made a film with it and it was groundbreaking and it made a million things. And I'm sure it changed who you are and what you did. When you look back at, I know 25 years almost, what, what do you feel about that now? How does that movie now make you feel? I mean, it makes, you know, there's never a day that I don't think about that movie or like it, you know, affects every, it's affected everything of my life. You know, like the, you know, I was, in my late twenties when we did it and I was 30 when they released it. And I had never, you know, had never had any kind of money. My, my credit was in the toilet. The idea of like buying a house was, you know, preposterous. And, um, so for the, so all of a sudden you're like, you get a little bit of money and you, you know, you're a filmmaker and, you know, so it gave me a, a new, a life. I was able to get married and buy a house and buy a car. I actually fit in, you know, and, um, you know, just <laughs> kind of stuff that like most people at, at, you know, 30 are taking for granted, at least the you know people around me. Um, and then, you know, it gave me a career, you know, it was like, even though I like did, I did my best to sabotage it and end it. 
after Blair Witch or like, you know, definitely, definitely um, tried to snuff it out for whatever reason, for many reasons. Um, uh, you know, it's still persevered like the heat from Blair Witch still is alive today. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you all because of the Blair Witch. It yeah. gave mm-hmm. me, you know, a, yes. a good career as an indie filmmaker. And then it gave me the opportunity to move into television and, and, um, you know, especially in television and film too, but like, just, I've done so much television that like, it's just really, uh, like made me like just develop my directing chops so much, you know, and it's allowed, and, and it's all because of Blair Witch, you know, like Robert Rodriguez gave me a, an opportunity to work on his show, Dust Till Dawn because of Blair Witch, oh, you know man. what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and, and, and again, like, and I look back and it, you know, ties into the last question was that, you know, that I realized that I was just a part of it. Um, you know, I definitely brought a lot of good ideas and I think, you know, I definitely, you know, helped, you know, carve this movie, you know, and, and I definitely was part of the creative process, you know, one of the top, you know, in, you know, I was one of the important kind of, visions let's say bringing it Mm -hmm. forward but it was definitely a collaborative you know um effort you know based on a lot of people putting you know their visions and 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 their Mm -hmm. efforts into it so i feel like really blessed and lucky that i was you know that that i had that i that that i you know found this little spark and dan and i found this spark together and then you know, everybody started, you know, being, uh, you know, they loved the spark and we kind of had brought it to life and kept it. Sometimes it was gone and then we'd bring it back to life and um, this little flame, you know, and, uh, you know, and a lot of people ask me like, you know, aren't you tired of talking about Blair Witch? And I'm like, I mean, how could I be tired of, I mean, if, if you want to talk to me about Blair Witch, then why, why would I not want to talk to you about Blair Witch? You know? So that's, that's my whole thing is that like, and I get approached all the time on set and stuff, you know, about like, you know, are you cool talking about Blair Witch? And I'm like, dude, of course I'm cool <laughs> talking about Blair. I mean, why wouldn't I? So, you know, and I, and I love that, like, that's, you know, I get this great energy when I go on sets of the, you know, TV shows where like, you know, you know, the, that reputation precedes me and, and, you know, it's, it's just good to have something where, okay, at least people know that I've done something and then, mm-hmm when mm-hmm. people come to me and like, Oh my God, I, you know, I got there. You know, everybody has a Blair witch story. I love to hear that the Blair witch stories, you know? Yeah. So I never thought in a million years that I would be associated with a movie that, you know, people were still so, you know, that people love so much and also people yeah. hate yes. other people hate it a lot too, but I never There's thought I, would there, be, but I don't, I don't care about them. Yeah, so. no, I mean, it's, it's, it's a polarizing movie. I mean, look, it was, yeah. I've always told people it's yeah. like, it was, it was a totally experimental film that yes, somehow made is. a crazy amount of money. You know, like mm-hmm. experimental films mm-hmm. are not are not, are using, not for everybody. No. They're not they're not for everybody. No, like they're it, not. You know, people, you know, um, you know, they, they there's a certain amount there's a certain percentage of the audience that, you know, just likes normal you know, movies and don't like you know, a lot of people don't like to be challenged, but I think for us it was like, you know, the people that yeah. do like challenged you know, talent to be challenged in the theater and kind of see new things, you know, we knew that there was an audience for it. We just didn't think it was gonna do that yeah. well. You know, we hoped that it was gonna be like um, you know, <laughs> that we would get like a cable deal. Like we were like, Oh my god, imagine mm-hmm. if HBO buys us. Um, you know, we never thought it was the I mean, if if we if we had any kind of, you know, idea that it was going to go theatrical, we wouldn't have made it as shaky as it was like because I, I suffer from motion sickness, you know, too. So See, that didn't bother I would have, me. I would have all. never I would have never so put many myself people were that. messed up from it. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I always tell people I'm like, you know, if you can avoid it, do not sit near the screen during Blair Witch. Like, it's just not going to be fun for you. Right. Gotta sit back and I go like every whenever I do a show or right. a screening of it, we would I, we would always sit in the way back. Um, yeah. So, but like you know, that I so need it, my eye on the edge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also just like um, you know, there was a lot of people vomiting in theaters, and it's just like yes, we didn't want that. We didn't want, no. we didn't want that to happen. That wasn't like a, a you know no. a, a thing that we did on purpose. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not at all. 
So, I mean, you, you used these tools at the time. You know, you were able to use the, the, the digital cameras. You had Avid to cut this, use technology. The internet was there to make the website. You just had so many good things happening mm -hmm. for you. Perfect storm of stuff, right? And everything you yeah. say right there is incredibly inspirational. Tara's making great stuff. I'm always making my stuff. You know, and to see someone, you guys, to do this with no money and just for fun, to make it what it is, inspires people yeah. like us and to go and do this stuff. Like, go and just go and do it. Yeah. And, I mean, you made a dream come true, and I think it's amazing. And for me to sit here, you know, I say this to all our guests, thank you for being on. But seriously, thank you for being mm -hmm. on because I love this film. And this is an hour that I really am super happy that you were able to talk to us about. Yeah, this. no, it's great. Thanks Tara, for you having anything me. else you want to ask? No, I mean, I mean, well, Tara, yeah, you can ask. But thanks for having me. I mean, it was, yeah. you know, I, that's inspiring other filmmakers is like that's the that's really the top of the you know yeah. the the, ch the cherry on the cake you know on the on the icing like it's really like um the icing on the cake like it, it really you know that's really mm -hmm. what it's all about you know what i mean and i still i'm so mm -hmm. you know i'm so happy when i hear things that you know because i mean for us it was like all right if if, if we can do it anybody can do it you know what I mean? and i'm and i'm so happy that like yes. i inspired that because people like Kevin Smith and Spike Lee and Steven Soderbergh, like early on, mm -hmm. you know, early independent guys, really Robert Rodriguez, like really, in, you know, showed me mm -hmm. that, Hey, you can, you can do it. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, it's great to, to, well, Steven, to, to have that same inspiration to other people, you know, Soderbergh did that great movie. I can't remember exactly when it was from, but bubble where he was yeah. using non actors for the whole thing. And yeah. it's still, it's like, it's so affecting. It's really cool. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's like, that's, Soderbergh is one of these guys that just continues to, you know, experiment. And, and he, mm -hmm. it seems like he works in every genre. He's, he's very impressive. Yeah, definitely. So, Ed, where can folks find you? Social media, websites, and all that good stuff, and to see what you're up to. Um, I'm on Instagram and um, Twitter or X, whatever the hell it's called, um, and just Sanchez on the <laughs> mic. And then, um, the, yeah, my, my, yeah, my Facebook, um, is, uh, hacks and films is the, is the group that I usually am, you know, check every day and you can kind of, um, keep in touch with what I'm doing on that. Um, but otherwise I, you know, um, you know, I don't, I don't do the social media thing, uh, too much. Um, I do as much as I can. I mean, it's, it's, I, I love interacting. That's why the hacks site I love mm -hmm. so much. And also mm -hmm. the Blair Witch Project site. I like, I love interacting with the fans, uh, but a lot of the other stuff kind of just gets on my nerves, you know, <laughs> you can, um, Tara, thank you for being on again. Of course, yeah. we love yeah, it. Thanks, Tara. Letter, where does that, where does everybody find you? Of course. Oh, also? um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and threads. Those are my like main ones now um, at Terracotta Films. Love it. And um, you guys obviously know where to find us. We're at Scary Movie Project, gmail.com. Um, we do Facebook, we do Instagram as well, social media out there. Um, thank you, seriously, guys, both again. Ed, thank you so much for this. this is awesome. Sure. And um, yeah, we will uh, for see me. you guys next time. Peace out. Next time, for sure. <laughs> The Scary Movie Project Podcast. Learn more at thescarymovieproject.com.